Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. So how many was here last week when we wrote uh, Mr. Earl Floyd a couple cards? How many was here? And God had spoke to my heart about uh, just sending some notes of encouragement from you guys, from the, from the body, from the family of believers. And um, we're going to continue that this morning. And uh, we're, we're going to send one um, to Miss Portia Stangle. How many knows Miss Portia? How many knows who she is? Raise your hand if you know who she is. If you don't, you can still write a note in there of encouragement, put a scripture in. And this is Miss Portia, and I'm not sure I spelled her name right, but anyway, this is going to be for Miss Portia. We want to keep passing it back and forth and, and uh, make sure it's uh, filled in for everyone. And this is for Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave's mending, he's coming forth. How many knows after heart surgery, you've got to watch and uh, help build your immune system back up? You, you don't need to be around people with flus and colds. How many say amen? So that's where Pastor Dave is. But this one's, this one's Pastor Dave, and uh, this one's for Miss Portia. And uh, Jim, I'll start. Pastor Dave's here, if you don't mind. And you all go through there. And I'm going to start uh, Miss Portia's um, here, and you all pass it over to them. Just go up and down the row. Um, write your note. I didn't give you a pen, but um, y'all need a pen? Write a pen. There goes my Carrollton Federal Bank pen. There you go. Write a note of encouragement. How many's ever been sick over a period of time where you got down? How many's ever fought depression and things wouldn't go on right and so forth and so on? I'm telling you, a note in due season, a text, a call, uh, you know, an email, a letter, a visit in due season can lift your spirits and can help you move forward and help you get on the other side of what God has for you. Amen? So praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Amen? How many thought we'd have more snow than we did? I just got off the phone with the, um, uh, my friend John in Pittsburgh and they had three to five inches on Friday, but that gives them enough time to get out of the way for, for church and, and so forth. So, February is, is when we set aside a month as a nation about Valentine's Day, about love, about marriage and all that. So we're going to kind of go that route here for the next three to four weeks, but we're going to tie love into relationships. And, of course, relationships um, start with actually in the beginning when God told Adam and Eve to multiply be fruitful, have dominion. As it's coming down the road this morning, just meditating on the Lord, he said, all my relationships that I put together have a capacity to be fruitful and multiply. Not just a husband and wife, but relationships of friends and, and, and people that I put together have the capacity to be fruitful and multiply. Um, some of these things today, just sharing out of my heart, and you might want to write them down and, and uh, keep, keep track of them. But relationships come with a resource. It can be good or bad. Relationships come with a resource. There's built-in things that's going to happen 
that's going to be shared with you, going to be given to you, that's going to be a blessing unto you, or sometimes it can go in reverse. And the Bible is full of relationships, and God shows us how, how much He loves us, but really the relationships and the depth of relationships we have in our life. Again, it starts with marriage, Adam and Eve. And let me just say this right off the bat. The devil comes after godly relationships. The devil tried to destroy Adam and Eve. How many knows he got them at odds at each other? How many knows sin involved, involved both of them? They ate out of the tree God told them not to eat out of. Well, you can't just blame one and not blame the other. They both were at fault, just like we are. And immediately he came after the relationship of marriage that God put together, or family. Now he's kept that up, coming after the church. How many knows the church has to guard against division and schemes and plans of the enemy to get at odds at each other? How many knows Jesus said in the last days offenses will increase? And how many times do, do we get so easily offended over something that really doesn't mount anything? We get offended over something someone has done or said or a decision someone has made and really has no effect of our eternal salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ. But ever since Satan got thrown out of heaven, he's been trying to divide and conquer. And even before, he convinced a third of the angels. He's a liar, he's a deceiver, he has slick tongue. And I'm telling you, he's always trying to divide and separate. He's trying to keep you from the proper relationships in your life that God has for you. And the truth is, you know, we, we, have, we have four, three, actually three things to concentrate on. In, in influence and in relationships. One is vertical. One is heading straight up to God. Someone asked Jesus, what do we got to do to keep the law now? And he says, love God the Father with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. How many say amen? So first of all, we go vertical. We go, everybody say vertical. We go up, and then God sends Jesus down to live in our heart. So the first thing is we go vertical. We submit ourselves. We commit ourselves to God. We submit our entire being to God. We trust Him with our eternal salvation. And, and we want to understand the love of Father God. I am still discovering the love of Father God. Because there's some things growing up that necessarily wasn't taught. The church I was raised in up there. But I did pick it up in other places that God was angry at me. That God was dis dissatisfied with me. That God was disappointed with me. And thus, I thought God was just waiting for me to make a mistake so he could swap me. Anybody have those thoughts besides Pastor Pat? Never good enough, never standing up enough. And the Bible says that the wrath of God was served and satisfied through Jesus. God's not mad at you. God loves you with an eternal love that is it's unconditional. It's a, the Greek words agape, it means unconditional. You can't wear it out, you can't abuse it out. So... The first thing is, is understanding how much God loves us, the price he paid. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Amen? So Jesus looked down the road of time and he died for us in faith. He died for every person on this earth in faith. Jesus understands the power of faith. Jesus the man. Not just Christ the God, Jesus the man. He understood dying in faith for me and you that he put us on the line that we were going to live by faith. And we're going to accomplish everything God has for us. I want to encourage you today that if you've ever had the thought your best years are behind you, if you ever had the thought there's no way I can accomplish anything now, if you've ever had the thought that I'm heading toward the, the exit door, and you might be closer than you have been, but I want to give you an encouragement today. 
I, I just want you to understand that you can have a Samson experience. You don't have to go through the sin and neglect and the rejection of God, but you can get more done than the last hour on this earth you've ever done in your entire being. Samson put his hands on the pillows and, and they, were, they were having a big party and the, the, the enemy was doing what they'd done. They'd done poked his eyes out. He had done given himself over to Bathsheba and, um, uh, I mean, Delilah. And he'd done given himself over there and made a mistake, give the secrets of God away. And he was being used. He was a, he, you know, he was a, um, a dog and pony show. They were laughing at him. And he asked a little boy, he said, can you put my hands on the pillars? The pillars. The pillars. There's pillars to friendship. There's pillars to relationship. If you're going to have, if, the Bible says if you want a friend, you must show yourself. It amazes me some people that don't have any friends, but they don't reach out to be a friend. I mean, we've got to sow to get that harvest. Whatever you have need of, that's the seed we have to sow. Well, I'm going to pray and and. And, but I need finances, well, prayer is important. But if you don't bring the tithe, if you don't sow offerings, if you don't help people in need, if you don't have a good Samaritan experience, you can't really expect harvest back. You can have the best-looking cows up and down the road. People are going to drive from five counties and say, that's such a beautiful set of cows. Man, they're big and they're, they're slick and they look healthy and their eyes are bright and their feet are straight. But if you never turn a bull in there, you'll never have any calves. If we never put the word into action and sow the seed of the word, we'll never have any calves. We'll never have a harvest. That's why here we just constantly, constantly, constantly preach and teach the word because I have nothing else to, to say. But vertical, vertical. So your vertical relationship, understanding the love of God, your vertical relationship is going to affect your horizontal relationship. So here's where it, here's where it comes family and friends. So now as we reach out to God, he helps us reach out to our family and our friends. I may say amen. And I'm telling you, you're probably one resource away of a relationship of getting something done in your life right now. I'll tell you what, you can, you can be stuck in the middle of the road, on the side of the road in a ditch in a two-foot snow, and I'm telling you, somebody comes down the road with a toe strap or a chain, sure becomes your friend. How many say amen? And some of the things you'll hook to, that might, you might have said, I'd never let a Dodge pull me out. You'd be happy to see a Dodge. I may say amen in your Ford truck. Or you might be over there in your Chevy and your big block and everything, but it ain't going too good, and you'd be happy to see. Or you might somebody say, I'd never let anybody pull me out but a John Deere tractor. tractor. You'd be thrilled to see an old German Deutsch pull you out in two foot of snow, and your hands are froze off. How many say amen? We were born... That relationships. This whole thing's about community. This whole thing's about how God put things together. We were born to have community. So we got a vertical relationship. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then love your neighbor. We have neighbors to meet. We haven't met all of our neighbors. It's not now with, with the computer and with IT, you can have a neighbor in China. We need to pray for China. That's not just a little thing going over there. It could run into a pand pandemic instead of epidemic. It could run into more than we, I don't know they're giving us all the true stories and numbers anyway. We need to pray. Well, the Lord says in the last days, the Bible says there's going to be famines. and Yeah, 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 but we still need not to lose heart and love people. How many say amen? Because those people, have they got families. And, and there, there's death going on. Praise God. How many glad Jesus is coming back? 
So we got a vertical, we got horizontal, and it says, as you love yourself. Now we come back in. If we never find out who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, unload the baggage of this world and our past, if we never understand who we are, it's going to affect our vertical and our horizontal walk on this earth. So that's why we constantly, we ask you to be involved in small groups, to go through next steps, to go through revive, to go through all kinds of things when we have special meetings so you and I can grow and be all God's asked us to be. Vertical, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. The things added unto you is what you put your hands on on this earth. That's what's added unto us. And then we're able to share and be a good Samaritan to people who have issues and have gotten into a ditch. So, we're going to talk about this month, the love of God and relationships. We're going to talk about how God made a sacrifice and a substitute with Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about how Jesus took our place of sin, shame, and guilt on the cross. Listen, guys, you don't have to live under shame anymore. Shame has been satisfied through the cross. Shame has been satisfied through the cross. You don't have to live with your head down anymore, embarrassed and ashamed. Who told you you didn't measure up? Who told you you didn't fit the plan? Who told you you have to live within the four corners of your check? Yeah, there's common sense, and I'm not talking about being stupid, but I want to tell you something. God's a lot bigger than the four corners of your check. He's a lot bigger than your direct deposit. He's a lot bigger than all your savings or the lack of. And I'm telling you, in these last days, God's going to catch us up in a lot of ways. How many believes that? Because we're here to establish a kingdom all over this world, especially in our region and this state. Establish the kingdom that God is a good God, that He's a loving Father, that He sent Jesus to pay a price we couldn't pay, and that God's love, that God's love has an action to it. It is looking for a way to give. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, He what? He gave. Verb. Action. He gave. God's into giving. Giving of time and talent and treasure. God is into giving. How many's ever heard the old Cat Stevens song, Cat in the Cradle? How many's ever experienced some of that besides me? I just set both of my grown children down and asked them to forgive me. Ask them to forgive me for at times putting the church ahead of them. I've done pastor's meetings for years here and there and everywhere. I usually start them off if nobody knows who I am. I said I've had multiple affairs, but I'm still the pastor of the church. Well, after the, the pastor sitting in chairs fall over and go backwards, I said, my affairs were with the church. I put the church ahead of my wife and my children. My kids have forgiven me. I can't get it back. Sometimes I'll watch kids have fun or go to ball games and watch, you know, somebody there with grandkids or some young parents there we got with kids or uh, go to ball games here and there and I get so tore up, I just start calling and they'll know when I start blowing up their phone that I've been involved in something that I have to forgive myself again over. But they've forgiven me, and I've learned, and, and that's all the young pastors now. I encourage them. Put your wife first. Put your husband first. Put your kids first. Go on vacation. Do all this stuff. How many say amen? Because let me tell you something about being a pastor. It is the most honorable it's the most fulfilling thing a person could do on this earth if you're called to it. Also, it could be one of the most frustrating and lonely things. And I found out that, you know, pastors can be replaced. And after a pastor's life is celebrated, 
and we go to the cemetery and we come back and start eating potato salad, it won't take long to forget their name to some degree. I'm not saying that out of self-whatever, but I'm telling you guys, it starts with family. It starts with loving wives and husbands and children. It starts with preparing them to move forward in life, and then it, the family falls over into the church. The church is built out of family. Not the family's built out of church. We're here to help you raise your grandkids and your kids, and we're here to help your marriage. We're here, but you've got to do stuff. You've got to do stuff within yourself at home, husbands and wives. I'm getting off track here, but it's still about love. All right, God's love always meets our needs spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. How many knows with Jesus it's a package deal? How many knows again? We say over and over, my people perish for what? A lack of what? So the more we know of who He is and what He is and who we are in Him, the more revelation we have. You don't want to be like Pastor Pat on a frosty morning like this morning. You, you can't get your windshield clean because if you don't have a little scraper thing and you don't do all this other stuff or it's in the garage, you don't want to drive down through life peeping out a hole. Because if you drive down through life peeping out a hole and your windshield's restricted, the expansion of your windshield of all possibilities are possible with God, you're either going to run into something or somebody's going to run into you. How many say amen? God wants our windshield clean. He, he doesn't want us distracted. He doesn't want us frosted up. And I found out sometimes we get frosted up over stuff and, and our, heart, our heart gets hard and we don't move forward in some things God has for us. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3. How many love the Lord this morning? How many is declaring in 2020 changes happening in my life? How many is declaring that we're going to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be led? How many is declaring what the Spirit of God told us that there's going to be suddenlies in our life? There's going to be suddenlies that things turn around just like that. I want to ask you if you have this lotto mentality where a lot of people do that one day I'm going to get the pot of gold one day the leprechaun's going to jump up and lead me to Lucky Charms and $50 million. I want to encourage you to turn that loose and begin to think how good our Father is. And that you can prosper and be in health as your what? Soul prospers. We want a soul prosper because we have a lot of broken souls in this world. I'm talking about the church. Broken emotions, broken relationships. And I just want you to be encouraged today that God... You can do it God's way and it's going to bless you. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So it's basically saying if the love, of, look what it says in verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ, which the previous verses talk about the breadth and width and depth. To know the love of Christ, that you're accepted, that you've been engrafted, that you've been adopted into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the definitions of relationship is to be married into or blood brought in. Married into a relationship or blood brought in. I want to tell you, that's a Webster's Dictionary definition but it's true about the body of Christ how many knows that we're the bride and Jesus is coming back for his bride so we're married in and how many knows the blood of Jesus opens the door for us to step into everything God has for us and you say well Pastor Pat that's, that's very simple 
We, we make the Bible too hard. Listen to what it says in the Amplified. Now to him, by in consequences of the action of his power, that is at work within us. There's a work of God working in you right now, whether you and I know it or not. Is able to carry out his purpose. Oh, Lord. Carry out his purpose. I don't, at the end of my life on this earth, I don't want people standing in a casket and say, what, what was Pastor Pat about? What was, what was his purpose? I want the purpose to be so clear and so clean and so understandable and to be so so simple that you could ride a four-story elevator ride and explain exactly what you're put on this earth to be and do to a total stranger. That's why it gets so hard sometimes reading legal documents. There's so many appendages and so much lines and you get confused of what the simplicity is of it. Here it is. We were lost. We were without a Savior. God loved us so much. He sent Jesus to die for us. He placed guilt and sin and shame and sickness and depression and confusion on him. He turned his back for a brief time. Jesus paid the price and died. The veil was rent in the temple. Now you don't have to go to a priest because the priest came to us and we can go directly to God. It's a dial 1-1 and you go straight in. There's no party line. You don't have to listen to anybody else. And by the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus, you can go right to the Father and you can get and receive and worship and back and forth with your vertical relationship with him. And he will do exceedingly above all that you could ask or think. I don't know about you, but I can really think and ask some great things. How many say amen? And it says, carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above and over all that we dare ask or think. I want to challenge your thinking. I want to challenge my thinking. I want to challenge your asking and believing and dreaming. dreaming, And definitely above and beyond our highest prayers, the desires and thoughts and hopes and dreams that God would give unto us. Man, that just blows me away. I want to leave you with this this morning. We'll pick this up next week, but I want to leave you with this to go home. And this won't take just a, a couple minutes to do. If you're here today, and if you have some problem relationships, I'm going to hold up my hand. How many have some problem relationships? It's just not where it needs to be. It can be better. Um, some people are stuck. Um, here's four things I want to end with today, and we'll pick it up next week, about how to fix, in God's grace, relational problems. You know, we want to go God's way. We want to look at biblical examples, and we'll look at more of that next week about reconnection and healing and walk out the process. So number one, if you want to help fix any relationship, Maybe you got children that are not serving God. Maybe you got grandkids, uh, you know, AWOL. Maybe you, maybe you got people, you know, was a friend all your life and they turned on you. You know, maybe your best friend ran off with your wife at the altar. I don't know. But here's what I do know. Number one, commit to love. It's not going to work. It's never going to heal if you get outside of love. If you get outside of God's unconditional love, it's never going to work. But let me tell you something about God's love. It will love it will inspire, it will massage, it will help, but it will always hold the truth. So God's love is going to be built on truth. Jesus is truth. He is the way, the, way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. So in this fixing of a relational problem, commit to love. Number two, give up the right to always, give up the need to always be right. There's some people I will not in, engage in any kind of counteraction with because they're never wrong. 
And I don't care what you show them, what you give them, what you, what you bring up on the computer, they're never wrong. They're always right. How many's got people like that in your life? It's best just to turn and walk away, but sometimes we don't turn and walk away because we, we, we and if it's us, if we always got to be right, how many times did Jesus avoid an argument? But how many times did he stand for the truth and explain things? I mean, you got to understand, he had, we, we have the stories of the healings and raising the dead and fish fries, and we have all this stories, but his most work was with those 12 every night when they sat him down and said, can you explain that to us again? That was his work. The grind was this. And you, you, got, you got Peter who should be leading control, anger control. You, you know, you've got James and John who want to burn people up. Give up the need to be right. Number three, stop trying to control the other person. Well, if I could just get them to do what I want to do, want them to do, stop trying to control the other person. I'm telling you, I'm 29 years in married. I'm discovering things about Brooke every day. Now, I, I believe she's told me the things I need to hear for 29 years, but how many know some of us are a little slow? Everybody say slow. And now you're going, and all of a sudden it becomes illuminated to you, and you go, she goes, well, I've been trying to help you see that and, and stop trying to control the other person. I just wish you would be this way. I wish you'd be that. I wish you'd cover the grill. How many here takes real good care of your grill? How many has a cover for it? How many cleans it well? How many here, the, the next time you'll see it's when you shut the door and leave the tin foil in there, and, and it, it's just got stuff in there. And so, me and Dwight and... Mr. Baker. But the thing is, is we know we need to do it, but listen, listen. Here's, here's what I try to help people. If that person never changes a lick from today, can you love them? If they never make one step forward again, can you still love them with the same love? Not based on change of performance, but based on your love for them. If we never make another step toward God, His love will not change for us. If we don't do another right thing in the name of Jesus, His love does not change for us. Because His love is everlasting. His depth and width and breadth. And, and we can dream exceedingly above and abundant beyond all that we can ask or think. Commit to love. Give up the need to be right. Stop trying to control the other person. And the last one is, Take 100% responsibility for your part. Because you're the only one who can change you. And that's what God has done with us. He's committed to love. God knows He's right. He's not trying to control us. We're, we're, we're not puppets. We're not clones. And He has given us 100% responsibility to make the proper choices and decisions. To understand how much he loves us. Understand that love is transferable. Understand that what we have can be passed down and passed around. Understand if we'll just slow down. Slow down. But i got to get here at a certain time. I found out in my life, Pastor Pat has put himself in various positions of having to be somewhere in a rush because I didn't count the cost and the time of where I'd just been. How many... How, how, let, me, let me close with this. How many's ever seen any of the movies, Ice Age movies? Raise your hand. If you haven't seen Ice Age, you need to watch it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an animated. It's funny. A lot, a lot of storylines. Ray Romano's a, a voice in it. And, um, anyway, but there's, a, there's an animal in, in, in that movie, Ice Age, um, that is between a rat and a squirrel, and he's called Scrat. 
And he's always chasing a nut. And I found out in my life, if I don't stay focused on what God's called me to do, the devil will always provide nuts for me. And I get distracted. And I'm doing good and doing well so long, and all of a sudden I see a nut roll across, and here I go. That's how Scrat. How many's ever watched it? He gets in some really tough situations because he wants that nut, that acorn. I'm encouraging you and me today as we understand the love of God, the grace of God, and we understand all we have in this earth is relationship, vertical, horizontal, and inward. I'm encouraging you today that we get so immersed with God's love, His Word, His Spirit, His Son Jesus, that our relationships start forming organically. Now, in relationships, you've got to nurture them. They've got to be watered. They've got to be cultivated. They've got to be weeded. And let me tell you something about relationships. Some's going to get off the bus, and some's going to get on the bus. Because some relationships won't make the whole trip with you your entire life. They're not meant to make it your entire life. There's some's going to ride with you from birth all the way to you go to heaven. But there's some that's going to, they're going to get off the bus. They were there for a season. They're there for a time. And there's some's going to ride with you. And there's some people on the bus that's your life. You're going to ask them to move seats. Because your bus ride won't be real good if you move your mother out of the front seat. If when you get married and you let your mother ride in the front seat and put your wife in the third seat behind your mother, it's not going to work well. Say, Mom, I don't want you to get off the bus, but you got to move back a couple seats. I've been here a long time. I know, but she, she supersedes you right now. We'll pick that up next week. Same time, same station. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your love. It's so shown by not only what Jesus has done and what he does, and, but Lord, just showing us a continuation every day of you never give up on us. You never quit loving us. You never quit forgiving us. And Father God, I thank you today for all you're doing in our lives. And Father, I lift up this special group of people that come to early service. They get up, they, they're apart. And we thank you, Lord, as we learn how to bring others to you, share our faith with you about you that you're going to see this early service, Lord, grow spiritually, grow numerically, and grow in love toward each other, toward you.